Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the book of Revelation. And we're actually going to try to do two chapters. I don't know if we're going to get there. We might stop in the middle. Let's see what happens. Because we're trying to do it in 10 minutes or so. But we got two chapters of seven churches that are addressed. Now, here's the thing about these seven churches. They existed in John's day. They were thriving congregations. They were reaching people in the midst of their culture. They were winning people to Christ. They were discipling people. They were churches. Now, every church has issues. I don't know if you knew that or not. I've been around churches long enough to know that all churches have issues. I work with a lot of church planters. <clears throat> I've been involved with many churches, been on the boards of many churches. I tell people now, especially those who are going around looking for the perfect church, the perfect fit, I tell them that the sooner you realize they're all lousy churches, the better off you're going to be. But they're all churches that belong to Jesus, and so all of them have issues. And so what some people have tried to do is to take these churches and say that they each represent a period of church history. Well, maybe, maybe not. What we're going to do is take a look at these churches, and with each one, there seems to be a complaint, there seems to be a compliment, and there seems to be some kind of promised reward to each of them. So it starts out with the church at Ephesus, and the Apostle Paul, you know, is certainly familiar with the church of Ephesus. One of his letters, he writes to the Ephesians, and Timothy was there. And it says in chapter 2, verse 1, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, write this. And some people say, well, the angel is the pastor, the angel is the leader, or the angel is the messenger. I guess. Could have just as easily said that, but it doesn't. So you can do with it what you want to. But to this church, there's a message. And it says, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hands and walks among the seven golden lampstands among the churches. Well, what he says about them is, I, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, and I know you can't tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not. You've persevered. You've endured hardship for my name. Yet I have this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Repent and do what you did to the first, and I will come, or else I'll come and remove your lampstand. But you have this in your favor. So he said there's a complaint, there's a compliment, so here's the compliment. You have this in your favor, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And then to each one of them, he's going to say, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So whoever has ears to hear, so let that be us. Lord, maybe we be the ones who have ears to hear. So this church at Ephesus, and we're just going to go through each one, the compliment, the complaint, uh, the promised reward. Uh, the complaint was that they had lost their first love. And some people say, well, this is when you first uh, came to Jesus, you know, go back to that. Well, a lot of us, when we first came to Jesus, we were struggling quite a bit and sinning and doing all kinds of crazy things. What it says about losing your first love is to get back to the height that you once were. Get back to the height from once where you once were. You have forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. So wherever that highest point of your spiritual life was, you want to get back to that, right? You want to get back to that. So that was the complaint. They'd lost their first love, and it's easy to do. You go on in this thing. It's easy to do. Uh, the compliment was they hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Well, um, laity, that Greek word, it just means people. Nico, ruling over, 
And I think he's saying that he doesn't like it when people rule over the people. And this happens in churches. The longer churches go on, a lot of times there's dictators in those churches, and those churches are controlling people. Jesus wants to control you. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, the promise that he gives to them is that they will eat from the tree of life. So that church existed in a day. Next church that he looks at in uh, verse 8 is the church at Smyrna. Kind of interesting, um, the complaint. There are none. <laughs> I would like Jesus to come to the church I pastor, and when he does the evaluation, walks through with the clipboard, that he doesn't really find anything to complain about. And he said that they were rich in good works. So I think that churches should be rich in good works. We should be doing good things all the time. And the promise that he gives to them is the crown of life, and that they'll escape the second death. Now we're going to get to that. The second death. What's the second death? You know, born again. Uh, born once, you die twice. You die a physical death, and then you die this second death. Born twice, born in the flesh, born again. Then you die once, you just die the physical death. We'll get back, we'll get into that. The next one is uh, Pergamum. And uh, that's in verse 12, um, all the way up to verse 17. And um, here, what he didn't like about them is that they tolerated idolatry and immorality, um, Baalism, the, the Baal gods, Baal. Uh, so churches tend to do this. You know, they can uh, tolerate and, you know, put up with things. And Jesus didn't approve of it. He didn't approve of them tolerating all of that stuff. He wanted the church to be pure. He wanted it to be clear from idolatry. He wanted it to be clear from immorality. Now, tomorrow, what we're going to do is we're going to go through these churches and see how people say that they're periods of church history. Well, whether they are or not, the only reason we're going to do it is so that you can decide for yourself. I don't think the church at Smyrna or the church at, at, at Pergamum thought that they were some representative of some church all throughout church history, that, oh, we're representative of the church that, you know, allows immorality. Well, but maybe it is. So we'll take a look at it. What's the compliment? Even though they were tolerating idolatry, even though they were tolerating immorality, they hadn't denied Christ. They hadn't denied his name and they hadn't denied the faith. And so what was the promise to them? That they would get some hidden manner, that they would get a white stone, they would get a new name. That's beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, Jesus, you know, still, still with his, still with his church. And so the next one that we get to, uh, in chapter two, verse eighteen, is the church called Thyatira. Thyatira. Well, this church, they tolerated Jezebel. Now you have to go back into the Old Testament, you know, find the story of Ahab and Jezebel, and Jezebel was you know, ruling uh, through Ahab and leading people into immorality and leading people into idolatry. And uh, so it's not only tolerating her, but maybe even like allowing it and promoting it. And uh, God doesn't want it. It's not, what, it's not what the church, the gathered church of believers should be about. People shouldn't come in and see that there's all kinds of idolatry and putting up with all kinds of other things. Well, but, but then he does praise them, and he praises them for their good works. He praises them for their love. He praises them for their faith. He praises them for their patience. So good things as well as bad things. Again, you know, the sooner you figure out that every church is a lousy church, the better off you're going to be. But we need to be constantly purging ourselves, constantly um, getting better, just like our own lives. 
we let our own lives slide, and so churches slide as well. And so let's just get back to good works, love, faith, and patience. And these seem to be the things that God likes. He likes the good works. He likes that we don't deny his name. He likes that there's love. He likes that there's faith. He likes that there's patience. So you get to uh, the next one. You have to get to the next chapter, chapter 3, and read these. Read through these these two chapters. It will really help you. To, to the church at Sardis. And um, there it's those who are sort of escaping. And um, the complaint is that they have dead works. That they do these things, but there's, there's no love behind that. There's no passion behind it. It's just, just doing things. They're just ritually doing things. Well, I don't want to be too hard because I have just ritually done things myself. No, I don't have big rituals like, you know, many liturgical churches or ancient churches. But I just get into doing the motions and I regret just doing the motions. I want to get away from those dead works. I want to be alive to Christ. I want every morning to be new and fresh. And So I don't know. I've been the church of Sardis. But what's the compliment? Well, not everybody's doing that. You see, um, you know, when Elijah was all discouraged, God told him, look, I have 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. So, you know, don't think that you're the only one. There's always people that are serving the Lord. And the promise that he gives them is that the name will be in the book of life and that he'll give them clean clothes, you know, white clothes, fresh, new life to them. Even though the dead works, people, yeah, Jesus can bring us back. He, lo he loves bringing people back from the dead. And so the next one we have here, the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Brotherly Love, verses 7 through 13 in chapter 3. This particular church, uh, the, the, the complaint is that they only have a little bit of strength. But the compliment is that they've kept Christ's word and they haven't denied him. Well, little strength is better than no strength, you know, and if this fits into, you know, church history, eras of uh, church history, periods of church history, uh, some people say it would be, you know, recent history, and we only have a little strength, but you know what, we can reach the nations with a little strength. So, and what he, what he promises them is that he will keep them from the hour of trial. Now, some people say that what this is, is the rapture, that he will pull them out uh, when uh, the judgment is coming on the world, the tribulation. Um, and that there'll be a pillar in the temple and the name of God will be on them. And then finally, you find this other one. Church of Laodicea. These are the words of the faithful one, the true witness. I know your deeds. Okay, he knows everything about us. And um, the complaint here is that they're lukewarm, spiritually poor, blind and naked. They think they're something, but they're really not. And the compliment, there are no real compliments in this one. There are no real compliments. But he's calling them back. He said, those I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, open the door, I'll come in and I'll eat with him. The one who's victorious, I'll give the right to sit on the throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with the Father. Whoever has ears, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so the promise is that they'll sit with him on his throne with Jesus Christ. And so there it is, uh, the churches that were real churches in the day. And some people say represent 
churches throughout history. And I think maybe we could compare our church or your church to these and see how we're doing and see how we're measuring up. So let's continue through the book of Revelation because we're going to end up in heaven uh, in two days. Uh, tomorrow we're going to look a little more at these churches, but in two days we'll end up in heaven. So bless you guys.